Welcome to Why So, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Kathy Fillion, self-described messmaker, mom, designer, inventor, and author, also the co-producer, co-host, and co-designer on HGTV's Creative Juice and DIY Network's Halloween Witchcrafts. Welcome to the show, Kathy. I'm super excited to get to speak with you today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm totally excited to be here today. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that, you know, some of our listeners have seen the shows on TV. Maybe they know about you in other ways, seen you on YouTube and other places. But maybe you could just give us a a brief introduction of who is Kathy and and what all you do. (laughs) Well, you were correct. Messmaker is is correct. I actually have. I love that moniker. (laughs) I've got paint and thread hanging off of me right now. So (laughs) uh, I pretty much craft and create daily. It is my full-time job. So, but from that job, I've got lots of different things that I do. I do a lot of YouTube videos. Every week I do YouTube videos and uh, I do have product lines also that have come out of my love of creating. And we have Creative Juice, which is where was the before Creative Juice, which is a TV show. I was behind the scenes and I was a costume designer. And so I've done everything that has to do with fabric and threads my entire career. Wow. (laughs) And starting at 16. So I, when I was, I started sewing when I was eight and my grandmother taught me like so many people. And uh, when I was 16 years old, I wanted to get a job. And so there was a Joanne Fabrics that was close enough to my house that I could pretty much get there on a bicycle. And I went to apply for that job and I was turned down because I was too young. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, There's no way you know how to sew or read a pattern. This was back in the day when, you know, you would have to read the pattern for the customer. I was going to say, I don't think that's a requirement at Joanne's today. (laughs) If you have a a heartbeat, you've got a job. (laughs) So, yeah, it was very different back then. So I went back the next day and I said, hey, this isn't right. I, I know how to do these things. And uh, the manager quizzed me and she, at the time that we still sold sewing machines, we sold them. We, they, it wasn't somebody in ha- you know, outside of the house selling them. And she, she quizzed me and she said, oh my goodness, you know more about the patterns and the machines than I do. And she hired me on the spot. So I worked for Joanne Fabrics when I was 16 for five years, all through college. And I studied textile science at Ohio State. So I was, you know, just straight on my path for doing something that had to do with fabric. And so, yeah, now here I am. (laughs) I I absolutely love that. So, I mean, I've watched some of your YouTubes and and you incorporate all sorts of stuff. I mean, do you consider yourself first and foremost a sewist, a seamstress, a tailor, or maybe a a quilter, crafter, omni-crafter? Are there any of those terms? I mean, how how do you introduce yourself to someone? and describing what you do in that introduction. It's it's so tough for me because I do a lot of different things in that world. My first love and my my beginning of everything was sewing. Sewing machine, you know, I was the kid that wanted a sewing machine for Christmas. You know, that was, and everyone was like, really? You don't want the, you know, Nintendo or I guess it was Atari or something. <laughs> nope, I want the sewing machine. The high school dances, not only did I sew my own dresses, I sewed all my friends' dresses. Wow. So I have all these funny pictures from, high school proms where we're all wearing dresses that I made. So that's my, really my first love is, is sewing. And I don't really knit or crochet. I have, and I can, 
but I don't, I can't sit still that long. And (laughs) so for me, like sewing, ironing, you know, piecing it together, fabric shopping, that's a huge hobby of mine. (laughs) I love it. I I might shop for fabric more than I actually sew the fabric. I'm not sure. (laughs) That's like a recurring theme. You know, everybody seems to be like these fabric hoarders first and foremost, and maybe they'll do a little something with it on the side. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard when you see a good print and then you're like, oh, I need that print. And then it's, you know, do I need three yards of it or? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So you said you started kind of sewing at eight and your grandmother actually helped you with that. I, I you know, I've I've, I've heard stories all over the place with that, where many times folks were introduced to sewing, but not really taught by their mother or grandmother. So in, in your case, she actually taught you how and, and yeah, went through the, the specifics with you. She did. We started with a basic pattern for pajamas. I think that's probably a, a pretty beginner project for people. It was sort of a little shorts and shirt. And, you know, I wish I still had those pajamas. I have no idea where they wound uh-huh. up, but I remember very clearly making them. I mean, it's a very firm memory. And she was so old school. She was very strict with, you know, pinning on the straight and, oh, she would just be horrified if I was just slightly off on something, you know, and I'm just a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, just learning here. Come on. Yeah, but it was good. You know, it really, she taught me so much. So honestly, by the time I, I mean, by the time I got my job at Joann's and then by the time I started college, I was really, so it was almost hard for me my first year of school because I knew so much about the textile industry already at that point. So it was like, okay, let's get to my second year where I'm yeah. like in the next level. Yeah. You guys are boring me here. I know what it's all about. <laughs> but she was a good teacher, but she was very strict. And I think I've got a lot of cousins and they saw and they just like scampered away. No, we're, yeah. they weren't going to be any part of this learning to sew business. So That's funny I, you say that because that also is sort of a recurring theme where sometimes the family member teaching you is the turnoff and why you don't do it and end up not coming back to it until way later in life, perhaps. But yeah, uh, it's neat that your grandmother actually taught you and you were patient enough and wanting to do it enough to stick with it. How cool is that? But you know, for me, it was like, she did part of it was she took me fabric shopping also. So she was teaching me like, nope, you, you look at the pattern. This says knits only, this says this. You know, she really taught me. And so for me, when I went to the store and I saw the fabrics, it was like I could see that I could make anything. If I knew how to work the machine, I could make anything. You know, I could look at any of these fabrics and I redid my bedroom when I was in high school, you know, sewed pillows and things like that. So it was really like for me, really freeing creatively to be able to sew because you could do anything if you could, you know, if you love that fabric and you knew how to sew it, boom, you could do whatever you wanted to with it. So what did your friends think about that? I mean, here here (laughs) you were high school kid sewing all this stuff up and I'm sure, you know, or did some of them also enjoy the hobby with you or? No, 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 not at all. I don't know what they thought, but they all wanted dresses from me. So that was really fun. Like, I, you know what? I'm going to try to, I'm going to email you some of the pictures of the dresses. Oh, yes. Um, you have we may to. have to black out some of the things in the pictures. <laughs> I'm not sure who some of the things are. <laughs> My core best friends were there. And so, yeah, 
they, they wanted whatever I was sewing, they wanted, but they had no interest in sewing along with me. Oh, that's fantastic. They were wearing your label back then. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get like Facebook messages and stuff from time to time. Like a picture will pop up and we all laugh. Like who would have thought? (laughs) That is just fantastic. So what do you like sewing? What what is your favorite thing to do? Or or maybe even if it's not sewing, you did say sewing is your first love, but you have all sorts of fun products and projects. What do you love doing most? I mean, honestly, and it's the thing I probably write about the least. And I've been trying to work on that more because it really is my favorite part is I do a lot of stuff just for my house and for my kids, Um, especially when they were little. You know, that was I'm the mom that like, oh, I want the special. We're going to a space party. Great. (laughs) Like, I want want the baby. You're going to look like an astronaut. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I them like, oh, okay, maybe I should. <laughs> Not everything is a themed event, but <laughs> for me, yeah, I do like it. And there's so many good fabrics. So I would say my my favorite thing is just sewing for us as a family, you know, the stuff that's not anything that has to do with my job, you know, and that's probably the funny part is when I do post about it or something like that, those are the things that get the most, I mean, if you want to say hits, you know, or, or clicks or likes or whatever, it's just really the stuff that you're just doing for real for yourself. Yeah. Super cool. Do your kids, I mean, when they're little, my wife used to, you know, have fun. We have two daughters. And so she liked to dress them to the nines all the time with all kinds of fun stuff. And at some point they start creating, getting their own personalities and not necessarily wanting what you want them to wear. How does that, how does that work out with your kids now? Well, it's definitely starting. So I have an eight and a nine year old. (laughs) Yeah. And my eight year and I, they, for the most part, dress themselves for school. And my oldest is really starting to get into fashion, which is fun to watch it, you know, happen because my youngest is still like all the prints are all over the place. Everything's totally mismatched, <coughs> which is great. I love it. You know, and she goes off to school, she feels confident and she loves what she's picked. And I can see that they, they I mean, they've been fabric shopping with me their whole lives. They don't know any different, you know? Yeah. So when they're there too, it's like, ooh, mom could make something with this. Like they've just grown up with it. So they see the possibilities. But like right now we, all of a sudden, I live in Los Angeles. It's like, we need shorts. So neither one of them are the jeans. Like we just have a limited time out here where you really wear those heavier clothes. Yeah. So I was chopping them off and they're like, well, we want lace on them. And so they see how you can just with even simple things really alter it and create something that's, you know, trendy and cool, but you're just recycling what you have already. So I love that they're already learning that that's cool and that you can do that. Are are they showing an interest in actually doing it themselves? My youngest, my youngest is all about getting creative and crafty. And my oldest is all about the catwalk. (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to finish products so she can show it all. She likes to model it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I kind of have two similar ones. Yeah. My, my kids are polar opposites. I understand (laughs) in terms of personality, that is, (laughs) it's fun to watch, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, when I'm talking to folks for the podcast, you know, I always find that there's just a certain amount of, of feeling that people get by giving handmade gifts. Uh, sometimes those 
sometimes those go over really, really well. And sometimes not as well as, as you'd hope when people don't appreciate something that you give them that you spent a lot of time on. Do you give a lot of handmade gifts? And if so, or any of those in particular stand out to you as really, really special or, you know, maybe not so special? Well, I do. I do give a lot of handmade gifts. I usually give them to my little sister who lives near me. And she has a son who's close to my girl's ages. And the reason why I give her a lot of handmade gifts is because she requests them. (laughs) So, you know, it'll be like, well, Kath, my birthday is in a couple of months and I need. (laughs) And so, and it's, it's great, but she, she's, you know, I need a quilt for my son. So I made a quilt for his bed. Nice. (laughs) She wraps it around the idea that this could be a Christmas gift or something like that, you know? So I would say most of my handmade gifting is to my sister and my other sister is probably going to be mad if she hears this because (laughs) she gets the Amazon. But, and when I was younger, you know, I did a lot more handmade gifts. I would say that I would, I did a lot more handmade gifts. Now we do, our whole neighborhood is very close here. We know all of our neighbors. And so we do, and my girls do it with me, a handmade gift for everybody in the neighborhood every year. So how big is your neighborhood? It ends up being about 30 gifts. So it's not too big, but it's, you know, big enough, but they, and they deliver with me and and all of that. So, you know, whether it's like you're doing some baked goods or whatever you're doing, you know, I, I do think people appreciate and love receiving handmade gifts. I also think people don't realize when you're giving a quilt, how long it has truly taken to make. (laughs) So, you know, you're kind of like you're, when you're passing it off, it's like, you hope they love it. And you're thinking about all the time, you know, but for me, I like to put in a good movie or something. And once the kids go to bed, I can sew and I do a lot of that type of stuff. It's more of a personal time for me, yeah. you know, where I can kind of just get lost for a minute and nobody's asking me questions. Nobody needs something signed or anything like that. We're just, just me and my project. And it's very relaxing and very calming. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> you saying that about some folks not understanding the value in things. <laughs> a story from another podcast interview that I was doing. The guy was made a quilt for a client actually as a as a gift. And the next time he was seeing this client, uh, th- he saw that they were using it as a blanket in their dog's bed. Oh no! And it was oh, like. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, uh, thankfully, I have not experienced that. But yeah, I think that would, mm, my sister does have a horse out here. People think this is LA, the big city, but I actually live in the equestrian area. So we have horses that go up and down the streets here and goats and all sorts of things. And my sister has a horse. That's another thing she asked me to sew a lot of things for is the horse. (laughs) So there's all sorts of covers for straps. I don't even know what it all is. She just... (laughs) So I, I do sew for animals, but if I saw a quilt that I made being used as a pet bed, that I, I don't know. I think I would be heartbroken. Yeah. yeah, he was a little like, oh, man, can't say anything in this situation, but man, yeah. so I get that. <laughs> When you're sewing, what are what are some of your favorite things to use? Are there some must-have techniques, well, gadgets? 
things that you just absolutely can't live without? Yes, I definitely love. So I'm old school that I use pins. I do love my sewing pins. No clips for you. I said no clips for you. No, I do love the clips. So I am old school with the pins, but I love those new clips now. They are absolutely, I don't know, what are they called? Wonder Clips? Maybe? Yep. I think maybe, yeah, that's yeah, one of the brands. Yeah. Wonderful. I actually asked for a larger box of them from Santa Claus and I got them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I do love those clips. I find them quick. They don't work for everything though. So they're great for binding and, and um, bisates and stuff like that. What yeah. I do like is that sometimes when you're getting too thick of a project, the pin, it's sort of, I don't know, I feel like it's a little hard to go through it and that kind of thing. And those clips when you're working with lots of bulky material at once, or it's a lot easier. I'm a huge fan of bias tape makers. I, lo- I love printed bias tape. Like I almost feel like I live in a Holly Hobby world. Like remember <laughs> Holly Hobby had all that like patchwork. Yes. And- Yeah. And so for me, I love creating, especially like with the girls clothes or even my own clothes. So sometimes just I'll line a pocket, like I alter patterns all the time. So, you know, I I, I do follow the pattern, but then I kind of do my own thing. So many times if it has like a pocket or something, I'll just put a little extra piece of bias tape across the top or something like that. And, you know, just add that extra little bit of color or print or pattern there. And those bias tape makers, you know, they're just this little metal contraption that you... And it's boom. So yeah. it's kind of a fun. Do you, you know. use that one that's like, uh, it's, uh, I think simplicity makes it. That's, oh, the machine. The, the little machine. Have you ever yeah. used that thing? Does that work? I, I used to have one and I loved it. <laughs> but I was like, you know, for me, I think that's really I did love it. I ended up giving it to someone who has a whole quilt room. And it was like, okay, I'm going to pass this on to you because it had an ironing contraption to it too. And it was really cool. For my own personal and for anyone who was just getting started, the little like $5.99 metal piece really is just so fast. I mean, for most of the stuff that I use it on, I'm not creating. I don't need to make 300 yards. Of yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. For, but, for quilt yeah, binding they, or something like they that. They had a few. They had a that rotary cutter. Do you remember? that machine came out at the same time as the funny thing is during the beginning of COVID when people were sewing so many masks that bias tape maker that was selling for like $900 on eBay. That's insane. Yeah. And they sold so, I mean, hundreds of thousands of those units. I mean, that thing sold yeah. like hotcakes when they first introduced it. It was really cool. It was cool. Yeah, that's cool. Anything I else? I love seeing, that's one thing I miss right now is the trade shows are all very different. Yeah. And I miss seeing all the new gadgets because, you know, let's be honest, though. If you wanted to start sewing, everything you really need fits in a shoebox. You know, besides the rulers, but there's so many cool things out there that I really love all the different gadgets and stuff. I use a fishing tackle box that, well, I used to use a fishing tackle box and now I have sort of an upgraded version that's (laughs) pink and gold and it has, I just have. I have one for, you know, just that I grab and go and it's got all my favorite things in it. So if I'm, because I've done sewing up at the school. I mean, you'd be surprised where people want you to come do something. I need a bag that travels, I guess. So absolutely, there's plenty of those out there. Yeah, there's, there's no, no shortage of gadgets and tools. That's just a, that's a hobbyist thing, though, isn't it? You know, you can. I, I brew beer. 
you know, and oh, yeah, I could so. brew beer with just a bucket and a few utensils, but guys have, you know, full-blown microbreweries in their basements, you know, with fifteen, twenty thousand dollars invested in it. So yeah, you know, it's a hobby thing to do. Once you if you love it, you gotta take the next step and try the next thing. I, I love seeing all the different tools and gadgets. It's fun. Well, I grew up with tools. My dad was a hobby handy guy. I mean, he's a lawyer and a farmer at the same time. So if you can imagine those two things mixed together. And so he had, you know, a lot of tools. In fact, when I was, oddly, people used to always say, oh, you must have taken home ec in high school. And I mean, I get that a lot, actually. And I say, no, I actually took woodshop and I had to petition the school because no girl had ever wanted to take woodworking before. And they were saying, well, this is a boys class. I thought, well, that doesn't seem fair. (laughs) What? They were like, you need to be in home ec. And I was like, well, I already know how to sew. Yeah, (laughs) that'll be boring. I'm trying to learn something new here. Give me a break. So I took the woodworking class for two years. And so, you know, a really interesting Mr. Philip was our teacher. And I, I don't even know him anymore, but I still remember him so well. And he really taught us the value of tools. And I think that's like you know, the tool, same as the sewing tools, you know, your, your machine and taking care of it. And then you get your, you know, if you get a serger and it's like, you really, you don't need that many, but, oh, this tool makes this easier. You know, it, it's, yeah. you do kind of want them all. <laughs> you can create better work in less time. I love that. Well, obviously you've made sewing and, and crafting your career. Are there other people in the industry or, or around you that were helpful or influential in helping you along the way, whether sewists or other makers of, of any sort, maybe business leaders? Who, who out there, you know, has helped you along the way to get to the position you're in? Well, my goodness, it has been such a ride, to be honest. I never know how to even explain to anybody what I do. Most of the people at school think I don't actually work. Like literally, they're like, oh, she's just staying at home and (laughs) I'm working, (laughs) but they don't believe me. (laughs) You know, when I first started out, when I graduated from college, I worked in the fashion industry and I got an internship and I was lucky enough to have a cousin who lived in New York City who let me sleep on his sofa. And he was my oldest cousin. So, you know, I, I was kind of probably a nuisance to him, really. But he was very kind. And my grandmother arranged that, by the way. <laughs> I got an internship with Betsy Johnson, who's a fashion designer. And she does at the time designed all of her own fabrics. And I'm so fortunate that I got that job because it really opened so many doors when I was young and straight out of college. And I always, when people ask me like, what's your best advice about something? I always say, just try to intern, just find what you love and find the ways to get those doors opened, you know, go in. And even if you've got to work for free, try to figure it out. Even if you go in once a week and file papers or whatever it is, just get in the door. And really that internship with Betsy Johnson sort of started everything for me. I was a girl from the Midwest, now in New York City, way too young. I I graduated high school at 17. So I was still very young. Yeah. To be in New York City by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) 
I guess I told my dad the other day, I think you guys let me do things that I don't know that I would let my girls do. And he said, I, not that's, that we should have. That's the entire world today though, right? And I, yeah. I think it's, maybe it's kind of a problem, right? I mean, kids need to not I turned be, out okay, right? Yeah, kids need to not be handheld so much, I think. I don't know. I would, I, I, we could go on and on about that. That's a, that's a parenting podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we're not teaching kids the, the, the value of failure. You know, there's a lot of value in well, failing I, at things. I do believe in, I, I, that's the other thing is I do think even with sewing and things like that, and people are always, the, to me, the fear of failure is something that really holds people back creatively. I mean, mm. it holds people back in a lot of ways, but creatively. And that's one thing that I hear from people too. Oh, I could never make that. Well, you don't have to make what I made. You know, you can make whatever you, you want to make. And the whole idea that, oh, you know, what if I make a mistake? And we, we were talking about tools and I have a joke that really my favorite tool is the seam ripper because you are going to make a ton of mistakes. You know, even if you're the most seasoned professional award-winning quilter, on the planet, you're going to look away and you're going to sew it wrong and you're going to rip out those stitches. And so I think like that's the one thing for me. It's like for people, just don't worry about it and, you know, measure twice, (laughs) cut (laughs) once and grab your seam ripper (laughs) because you will make mistakes. (laughs) Well, what are you working on right now? Like what's right in front of you, front and center that you're sewing, crafting, whatever. Well, right now, unfortunately, I'm organizing, which it is kind of fun. It's, uh, but it's a huge undertaking. So I'm redoing my craft room. Uh, so right now I don't have anything that I'm actually sewing, sewing. The One of the most recent things that I did was just a bunch of projects for school. And then, oh my goodness. So we live not near Disneyland, but close enough. Okay. And so, you know, we get these like res- SoCal resident tickets and things like that, that are these bundles and stuff. So I had gotten them. And so of course I... <laughs> For the holidays, so I made matching, you know, sort of mini outfits. For the girls. Oh, very cool! <laughs> but but teen tween version, not okay. baby doll, not not toddler uh, version. <laughs> nice. So, which turned into oh wow, I can make ears. So I recently have made I don't even know. I guess maybe twenty pairs of Mickey Mouse ears. Because then I found out we're going to go, we're going on a big summer vacation. So I thought, oh, we're going to need more, I guess. So it's just turned into the the sewing of (laughs) Mickey faces. You seem to like these themed kind of sewing projects, costumes and whatnot. Yes, catch me at Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I bet it's fun at your house. We did. um, I made it. So we we actually live really close to Universal Studios. Like it's basically in our backyard. Oh, wow. And I used to work it. So before having a full-time career in crafting, I was in the film business for almost 12 years. And I worked in the movies in the costume department. So I used to work out of Universal all the time. That was where I always... So for a film, you rent a space at at the studio, like your film production. Well, you can kind of choose. Like I always liked Universal because it was convenient and just a really great location. But so now I actually live so close to it. So we have year passes there. And I think it was Robert Kaufman that came out with a fabric that had all the universal monsters on it. So the wolf man and all that. And I made a full on dress out of it. And I took the girls there at Halloween and they had some homemade shirts too. And they like, didn't, we didn't have to wait in line anywhere. (laughs) They were like, 
I love it. They we noticed went to the tram tour and it was like an hour and 10 minute wait. And the lady was like, you guys look so good. You're just getting on. And we, we skipped so Score. many lines with that dress. Score. I think I'm on to something here. Just dress like you belong and then they just let you go. Oh, that's fantastic. You're telling all the secrets how to how to skip the lines at yeah. Universal Studio. <laughs> By Kathy Fillion. It was great. <laughs> like every that dress, though. Oh my goodness! It, it was like I thought. Oh, wow, you really have to wearing something like that. Is I I didn't think it was going to get quite the reaction, but people were like running and like stopping me. Where did you get that dress? I, and the fabric, unfortunately, I think I bought it off of eBay. I don't I don't think it's being manufactured anymore. And I wow. could have sold so much of that fabric to people <laughs> who don't even sew. Everybody just wanted it. Just fans. Yeah, it was oh, fun. <laughs> so is there something that you would like to sew? Something, you, some kind of technique you haven't tried yet that's kind of on your sewing bucket list, if you will? Well, you know, for me, I I really, unfortunately, I haven't used my serger in probably two years. Wow. And I used to use it all the time. So one of I, I so once I get my room redone, which is happening in the next like week and a half, but ha ha ha, right? Everything <laughs> room looks like my poor husband. I said he's gonna fire me if I don't get this figured out. So <laughs> like there's yeah. Well, it's and then the, I have to shop a lot of craft supplies for work. And so there's, I'm out a lot. So I find stuff on clearance or this. So I just, I need a new organizational system. But what I really need to have, I have a permanent home for my sewing machine and things like that. But I really want to work in a permanent space for my serger because right now I don't. Yeah. And that that is, I think I want to start doing some stretchy knit stuff for the girls. Mm. That is one thing that I haven't done in so long. I've just been in the cotton world and I love quilting and I love all of that, but I really want to start working with some more fashion knits. There's so many cute prints out there and I've bought a bunch and now I'm like, okay, I really need to do something with this, this fabric. And so I've got to get my serger up and going again because it's so fun. It's so fast. You know, I I didn't do it for a while because I was really honestly nervous with the girls because it is so, you know, with the blades and stuff. Right. So now I was like, okay, they're old enough. I can have it out and um, yeah. not worry. Are you familiar with, uh, you talking about stretchy fabrics. Are you familiar with So So English Fabrics? No. She's actually out in California. She has oh. a website. Amanda Carita is her name. Actually, we've had her on the oh, podcast. I, I know uh, her name. Yes. Uh, her company's called So S-O-S-E-W English Fabrics. Oh, and they sell a lot of knits, a lot of stretchy stuff. That's what really what they're known for. Oh, um, and they're, they're I think they're around San Diego somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you should check you should check them out if that's your next big thing to get into. Yeah. They do a lot of surgery projects and teaching and stuff as well. That's my, I, I just, I used, that's all I did for years was, re- I mean, not for my personal self, I will say, was knits. I just all different pieces and parts and quick skirts and quick sweatshirts and things like that. I mean, that was what 
I lived in was, you know, when I was working, especially on the film business, you want something, you know, very comfortable. The hours are incredibly long, many days, you know, 14 to 18 hour days. So very long. So you almost want to wear something cute and stylish, but that kind of feels like pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) I had a quite the knit wardrobe and then, you know, everything changes, but now I'm like, okay, uh, that looks really comfortable. (laughs) Right. So what about uh, when you're not sewing, what might we find Kathy doing that she would be excited about that has nothing to do with sewing and crafting and that kind of stuff? What what other hobbies um, might you have? I'm a huge I go places. So I go a lot of places. So uh, like if you follow on Instagram and stuff, most of my projects live on, I mean, I, I put them on my own personal pages too, but if you follow my personal like Instagrams and things, you will see that we go a lot of places. So of course, when things were shut down, it was very hard for me because I was so used to going everywhere. So we pretty much like for Mother's Day, what do you want for Mother's Day? And I said, okay, I want a year pass to the Natural History Museum. So we go like to, and I go to tons of free events. Every week I go look up what's happening and what's free. (laughs) And I drag my girls everywhere. So they have been to every kind of art show you can, since they were tiny. And of course we've got gorgeous museums out here. I did minor in art history. So maybe that's part of that. Uh, So I drag them to museums all the time. And we go just, uh, there's a lot of fun, like interactive art shows and things like that out here. So we really go exploring and, and just doing, you know, LA has such unique differences as far as like things that you can go do out here. There's a lot of, you know, you can be at the beach and then literally and and surf in the morning and then you could literally ski in the afternoon. So it's, it's, we, and we do all of it. So we do sports and we just go everywhere. (laughs) I love it. So, you know, I always try to in the, the podcast with this one question that, you know, as an industry, and, and obviously you are sort of on the entertainment side of the industry and the teaching and education side. And, but that as an industry, we're not, we're not really selling threads and fabrics and sewing machines and needles and, you know, Mod Podge and all of those <laughs> kinds of things. But really it's, it's the feeling and the, the satisfaction that somebody gets from creating whatever that means for them. You know, I just wonder, do you feel that same way? And and if so, how has that idea or concept shaped your own journey in the sewing world? You know, for me, when I'm creating something for myself, it just feels great. Like it feels like oddly enough, when I was younger and I would talk to people about it, I would, I would always tell them that if you were making something handmade, it's also a really big confidence builder. And it's also, it boosts you. I mean, it makes you feel, ah, may not have turned out exactly like the picture I on the pattern or, or, you know, the picture that I saw on somebody's blog or something, but there's such a sense of accomplishment in creating something that I think that is what's so important about it. And also just having that moment where you can, and for me, I think sewing is, is that, and when I was younger, things were not always easy. And many times I escaped by sewing because when I was sewing, you know, the machine could drown out the noise and I could concentrate on something. And it was a really almost, I think I was too young to understand it at the time, but almost therapeutic in a way that 
you know, I could take this piece of fabric, I could create something and that was mine. Like I did that. And I really think the more people kind of dive into their creativity and really try, even try new mediums, try new things, you know, I love applique. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so silly about appliques. <laughs> I'm like, I have to promise my kids, I'm not going to put any more appliques on <laughs> But and now they're trending again. I just said I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs> but it's getting popular now. I have to do it. Maybe because we we were all doing it. I don't know. But I do think for anyone who's you know thinking, oh, I want to start in this industry. I want to start. Uh, you know, sewing. I hear it all the time, people all the time, whether it's other school moms or people who are, uh, you know, sending comments on YouTube or, or something like that. I've never sewn before or somebody I've never used Mod Podge before. Or I've never this. And, you know, I always just try to encourage everyone to just start. Don't worry about it so much. Just start and start with something simple. I did just some fabric napkins, some flannel fabric napkins for my girls because I said, I'm so sick of throwing away paper napkins. Yeah. We use fabric napkins at nighttime, you know, at dinner. And then when we had to do homeschool, I said, why are we doing this? This is silly. You know, why are, why, yeah. why are we not making these napkins? So I made these napkins and I tried to make it the most basic pattern possible so that anybody could do it, you know, and I got so many messages from parents saying, you know, oh, thank you so much. That was so easy. It was my first sewing project. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love hearing that because, you know, you're literally just sewing a box and a couple of X's, but really those, imagine the power you've given them now that yeah. if they've done that. All right, now let's go do a curved pocket, you know, like right. dive right in. And I do appreciate that the pattern companies, you know, they have so so many different levels of patterns. And I love now when I first started working in it, there were definitely like the craft section of the pattern books, mm -hmm. but now they're just, they, they've done such a good job of having contemporary trendy, you know, cool things. And the funny part is a lot of that stuff is actually old patterns that they're bringing back. Uh, and it's, yeah. you know, that's another problem. People buying patterns, right? <laughs> we all want all the patterns. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, you know, of course, sewing for kids is fun, but I really think it, you know, for me, I just always encourage people if you, even if you want to, whatever, go make like homemade bath salts, do that, you know, just start. And I think really people will feel so good, you know, going in and just creating something with their own hands and whether you keep it for yourself or you give it as a gift. I mean, it's, it's great for me. Sewing though, is like, I think it's just the fashion angle of it as well. I think a lot of people start sewing for reasons that are, I need to learn how to hem a pair of pants or right. I want to hem drapes. Those are the things I hear a lot. Yeah. It's like, how do I do these very, very basic things? Because looking at the pattern seems so overwhelming, but hmm. you know, at once I think you get it cut out and you start, you know, then it's, it's so much easier. I do want to share one story with you. Oh, yes. Um, that is not Please. about me, but this about my father-in-law and he passed away about 10 years ago mm. and um, he was much older, but so he was born in uh, Beirut, Lebanon, mm. and they came to America in 1969 and he had quite a history before then. His parents were silkworm farmers. Oh, and wow. I have one photo of him as a boy uh, on the silk farm and it's very interesting. It was yeah. fascinating. And and when he was young, he lied about his age to join the military to fly for the French. And 
And they knew he was too young. So they gave him a job. Uh, they put him in front of us. They said, do you know how to sew? And he said, yes, but he didn't know how to sew. <laughs> but he was really smart. He spoke five languages. He was a very sharp. And he said, yes, I know how to sew. And I'm sure he had his fingers behind, you know, (laughs) so they put him in front of an industrial machine and had him sew labels onto the uniforms, you know, the name patches and things like that. So he had weaseled his way into the, you know, French army (laughs) and he did indeed become a pilot for the French army. Wow. And um, that's a whole another crazy world of, of, um, you know, stories, but he unfortunately was, uh, during Stalin's time, he was held as a prisoner of war for seven years. Wow. And by that point, he really did know how to sew and he survived by sewing the, so the officer's wives, his captor's wives would sneak him salamis and bread in like big, bundles of fabric and they would show him pictures of Paris fashions and he would knock them off and he started sewing and they let him have, he had about 10 or 15 helpers, 10 sewers I know, and about five shopkeepers in prison. Of course, he was a political prisoner. He didn't do anything wrong. And then he was kind of (laughs) artistic. So... It was Stalin. (laughs) Wow. So they made so many clothes. They were outfitting all of these women with these knockoff Paris fashions that he was doing. And they all survived. One day, seven years later, they walked in and said, Mr. Fillion, we made a mistake and you're free to go. And and literally, he just walked out the door with like, that was it. You were he was done. And uh, he got enough together. He came to America. You were only allowed to bring one gold piece of jewelry and $100. He had a young son at the time. He had married my mother-in-law by then. And they came to America and he bought one sewing machine with that first money. And they settled in San Francisco and he went around to all the dry cleaners and said, I can sew and I can hem pants. Here's a man who's knocking off you know, Paris fashions and he comes to America, I'll hem your pants. So he would hem pants and hem pants and hem pants. And uh, he ended up owning three clothing stores in San Francisco, tailor shops. And he made suits for all of the San Francisco teams and yeah, my, so wow. my husband grew up in the tailor shop of his dad and the basketball players would come in and they would be so tall that my father-in-law would have to stand on a chair just to measure their arms and things like that. So, you know, I when I met him and he was said, you know, oh, what do you do? And I at the time I was in costumes and he said, costume, and he didn't quite understand. I said, you know, like we, we do the clothing for the movies and oh, he said, do you sew? And I said, yes. And he said, she's a keeper. <laughs> What a fantastic story yeah. that is. How so I cool think, you know, that? sometimes we, we, I always think back and I have most of his, I have his scissors and I have like some of the things that were from his stores and stuff. And you know, he, he always says that sewing really saved his life and it did. It really did. Wow. So he was like such a true, you know, success story. But if he had never sat down that, and, you know, I don't know how to sew, but I'm just going to sew these patches on these, you know, military uniforms. And he figured out the machine and then, you know, all these years later, found himself in America with these tailoring shops. That is a superb story. Holy moly. What a way to to end this episode. There you have it from, from Kathy Fillion. Hey, just get started. If you're looking to get started sewing, just 
do it. And you never know what might come of it, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. That's, that's fantastic. Well, Kathy, thank you for sharing that story. What a what a cool, what a cool story that is. And thank you for joining us today and being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I'm huge fans of you guys. So when Ellen emailed us, I said, yes, sign me up. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> so if our listeners would like to learn more about you and all of the things that you do, uh, the best place to go, kathyfillion.com. And that's Kathy with a I-E. Yes. C-A-T-H-I-E-F-I-L-I-A-N.com. Correct? Yep. Yeah. All right. Lots of so I's and L's. <laughs> if you want to learn more about Kathy and her many endeavors, please visit her website. And from there, you can hop off on all of her social media channels. Check her out on YouTube. She's got some great videos and we'll, yeah, you'll be delighted at all that she can teach you how to do. So again, thanks, Kathy. We appreciate you being on and hopefully someday we'll get to see you down the road uh, in person somewhere. Yes. Looking at all the cool new <laughs> gadgets, right? Yes, exactly. All the must-haves. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Kathy. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Why Sew with Sulky. Visit sewingonline.sulky.com for more info on today's episode and to browse our educational offerings, including live webcast, videocast, and special events that you can watch in the comfort of your own home with your sewing machine by your side. 